Welcome to the St. Longinus' Baptism Channel, Volume 4 of the Introduction. I want to explain, guys, that um, <clears throat> I have stated in a previous episode that uh, I work a regular job. I work 40 hours a week, so um, when I get off work during the work week, uh, I don't have the energy or the time to do episodes, and I like to try because I realized uh, re-listening to my previous three episodes that there was a lack of focus and a lack of, um, it, there was a lack of focus there, so um, when I do these, when I do these episodes, they're going to be on my days off, and um that's when I have time. That's when I'm well rested and uh, Lord willing, <laughs> hopefully they'll be more focused and uh, more in tune um, with what I'm trying to get across. Um, in this section, uh, I'm going to cover my spiritual principles and because everybody is an individual, your mileage may vary. I'm just going to tell you what my spiritual principles are. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, move on. So, before, before a person could lead... They have to be able to submit themselves to God, who is the ultimate leader and the ultimate principle. Um, God is the highest principle, guys. I don't care what you think, but God is the highest principle. And if you're unwilling to submit yourself to God and follow him to the letter, you know, you're not, you're not worthy to lead. And while we're on that subject... Um, being, um, to those who have experience or a great deal of wisdom, people realize that leadership is, is a, is a great responsibility. It's not something to be taken lightly. Um, just a little aside, um, in, in the Vatican, there is known as a sorrow room that the popes who get elected to be pope, um, not all of them, but some of them who are really understand the principles I've just been talking about, they actually go in that room and they're sorrowful because 
they realize they're taking and and because they're 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 really sorrowful because they understand the responsibility that they're taking. And in in my humble estimation, uh, being a pope is a great more responsibility than saying being president of the United States. The president of the United States, or you know, premier of uh, Russia, or um, the prime minister of England, um, these these are secular leadership positions. Now, you know, if you read the New Testament, these guys, you know, when they go before God, they are going to be judged on what they did. But if you also read the New Testament. It also states that if you're a spiritual leader, and I'm not talking about Protestants, I'm talking about true Catholics, um, it's an even bigger responsibility. Um, and I ain't going to lie. Um, if I were the Vatican II popes, um, and this is why I don't believe they're true popes, because they don't seem to be concerned about this concept, they're going to have to answer to God for leading people astray, and they don't seem at all worried, at least by public appearances, they don't seem to be worried. But <clears throat> my bottom line is, though, and I've I've stated this on boards that because there's, like I said, there there are guys out there that oh, you know, I well, uh, I could be a leader, and you know, and you could just tell by listening or reading what they say, these guys have no concept of leadership. So what I'm saying is, is that um, if you're wise or if you, if you have this spiritual principle, you're going to understand that unless you're prepared to make sacrifices I mean serious sacrifices um, to care about the people you're trying to lead, to care about um, their well-being and stuff, you're going to have to make really hard sacrifices for their sake. And if you're unwilling to make those sacrifices, you're not fit to be a leader. Me personally, my attitude is, is that you know, if a bunch of people that I'm around in my particular group come to me and they say, hey, you know, we think we think you should be the leader. OK, um, I'll take it. But I me in my own personal life, I try to avoid leadership positions because it's a very serious responsibility. Um. In your in, in my personal life, I try to be brutally honest with myself. Uh, I mean, and I also do, I tend to be introspective by nature to begin with. So, um, you know, doing, doing a, uh, doing a uh, spiritual inventory or, you know, for those of you who, you know, or um, don't believe in God or whatever, doing a character inventory. 
And by the way, while we're at it, <clears throat> to those of you who don't believe in God, doing a character inventory, you know, you could be brutally honest because I'm speaking from personal experience here. You could be brutally honest with yourself and say, I need to change this, this, and this, but you're not going to make real change or actual change uh, without putting, you know, without serving God. Um, I can, I'm speaking from personal experience on this. Um, before I, before I started on the journey I'm on now, my, um, I, I had, you know, I, I, I made, you know, character inventory and stuff, but until I, until I started, before I put Jesus at top, the, the, um, the principles that I was trying to follow, I did it in a superficial, um, I did it in a superficial and shallow way, but, um, you know, obviously, if God's not your principle and you're not working with him on his level, you're, you're, you're going to have hypocrisies in, in the way you do things because you're not, you know, you're not working with the Holy Ghost. You're not working with God. And only God can help you not to be a hypocrite or at least keep the hypocrite, um, the, the hypocrisy to a minimum. So, um, there's that. <clears throat> oh, and if you do consider yourself a Christian and you're trying to follow, you know, God's principles or whatever, you need to pray with utter sincerity and with utter contriteness and ask him to, to help you. Now, from personal experience, I can attest that when you do this, even if you're not a true Catholic, he will still answer your prayers. And if you're doing it with contriteness and humbleness, he will point you in the right direction. But since we have free will, um, it's up to you whether or not you, you take that prompting from the Holy Ghost and move with it. Now, um, only spiritual principles with the correct faith can help us to change. And what that meaning, what that means basically is, is, if you're not following the correct faith, you're going to, it's, it's the same thing as basically being a non-believer. You're going to make shallow and superficial changes. But if you're serious about following God, um, you're, you're, you're going to be lacking in certain areas because you're not following the proper theology. Um, to make a quick point on this aspect, in the Bible, 
in the Gospels, actually, Jesus said one faith, one baptism. Um, the, the way to heaven is narrow and the way to damnation is wide and broad. Now, I think that that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, however, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to make be a little briefer and to the point from here on out. If you don't understand this concept or whatever, and you honestly don't understand, um, if if there's a comment section, leave it for me. And if I can, if I tell that you're you're being honest and sincere and not a crap poster, I will attempt to you know explain the concept. But to me, it's a pretty self evident concept. Um, and. Like I said, I came to Jesus totally ignorant, but, and when I read the Bible, um, I did not have the correct theology or any of that, but there is some aspects of the New Testament that are pretty self-explanatory. Okay. Um, if it's important you'll make the time. Now, I do realize some of the people who may listen to this may have wives and families, and they, they actually have lives. <clears throat> um, me, personally, I live by myself, um, so my time is freer. But um, if it's important, you'll make the time, uh, you know, and I do understand that when you have, you know, a 40 hour week job, um, if you have a 40 week job, you're taking care of kids and you're married, you got a wife that, you know, life goes on and you got to deal with it. But my philosophy is if it's important, you will make time. And I would like to ask my listeners, well, how much extracurricular stuff are you doing? And when I say extracurricular stuff, I'm talking about hobbies or, you know, sports ball. How much sports ball are you watching on your off time? Um, if you if you read novels or you're into politics or whatever, how much time do you spend on social media, you know? arguing probably fruitlessly, at least that's been my experience, with people who are ideological. And in my experience, these people don't want to hear what you have to say to begin with. Uh, you know, what I'm talking about, guys, is how much time are you spending on what I would call distractions? And like I said, this is something I've been guilty of. You know, when I had, you know, when I was uh, a semi-pagan, you know, um, I wasn't spending as much time researching true Catholicism as I could have. You know, I, I had what I call distractions. And if you're making, if you're making excuses, oh, I just don't have time, man. I don't have time. Um you know, for stuff, what I consider to be distractions, 
Um, I consider that to be an excuse, not an actual reason. And to make a quick point, I've said on previous episodes, I, I had a best friend. And this is to do politics because the guy was atheist. <clears throat> he was atheist. But I was trying to explain to him how our system has been corrupt from the very beginning. And when I say our system, I'm talking about the American governmental system, how it was corrupt and the issues involved in it. And when I, when I did this, you know, he's, he's the type of person, and maybe I'll get to this in another point, but he's the type of person, well, what's your evidence? What's your evidence? So I would give him, you know, uh, YouTube videos, books, links and stuff. And I'd say, look it up. And his excuse was, well, I'm, I'm studying crypto and I'm into my crypto and I don't have time. And, you know, he had other distractions. And he used to annoy me because in my mind, okay, you don't believe in God. But you're going to sit there and whine. Oh, I don't understand why, why society allows uh, transsexuals to, to dress up as women and, and read books to, to kids. Well, okay, if you don't, you know, if you think that's important, in other words, if you think that changing, um, it, to changing and understanding how the political system in your own country got to this point. If you, if you're saying that it's not important enough to, to maybe drop one of your distractions and actually do the research. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I have no sympathy for that attitude. None, <laughs> none. And the guy's married. He's married, but no kids, but he's married. You know, he has time. And he can make the time if he wants to. But if you're sitting there saying, you know, my distractions are more important than, than understanding, you know, whatever, whatever is your top priority, be it politics, God, or whatever, you know, I've got no sympathy for you if you say you don't have time. And well, I'll get to that in another, uh, another point. But now, what is your, what is your most important, what is your most important principle? Is it spiritual? Is it your local sports ball team? Is it, you know, are you Republican or Democrat and American politics are your most important deal? Everybody has something that they that they hold as their guiding principle. Now, I'm going to just tell you that it should be God. It should be God. And you know, there there's plenty of what Jesus said in the gospels, and not just Jesus because the New Testament also has the writings of the apostles in it who, you know, obviously followed Jesus. So they were getting inspiration from the Holy, 
Holy Ghost. Um, if it's God, Jesus said, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, you know, those who will not abandon, you know, mother, father, daughter, son, or spouse for my sake cannot call themselves my follower. And basically the principle means if you're not willing to give God a hundred percent, you know, you're not, you know, you're not worthy to call, be called his disciple. And, um, well, part of this, part of this thing is, is you've got to, you've got to, um, you know, if you're not following this principle, Completely and utterly, you need to do that. And if you're, um, before, before you can tell people, you know, hey, you need to do this. And what I would say is if you're married, if you're married, because, you know, you shouldn't be living with your boyfriend or girlfriend and not be married, but, you know, um, your mileage may vary. You know, you may have reasons for doing what you're doing. That's not the purpose of this podcast. I'm just trying to point you in the right direction. But, um, if you have a wife and kids, um, and you believe that heaven is your ultimate destination, you should be working to make sure that, you know, not, not just your wife and kids, but, you know, your other relatives, your other relatives. You know, if you love them the way you, you, uh, you should, you should want to make sure that they get to heaven too. Now, some people are not going to be willing to listen to you. And, and, and if that's the case, you know, say like, you've got a brother and you're trying to, Hey man, you need to get right with God and da, 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 da. And he's like, look, dude, shut up. I'm not interested. Well, if that happens, don't, don't keep hammering at him. You're just going to turn him off. Pray for him and continue to pray for him. So, um, there's, there's that. Oh, and, and there was one other aspect I wanted to cover. There's a heresy going around that if you're just a good person, that you'll get to heaven. You know, if you donate to charity, if you toss a quarter in the homeless man's cup and you're nice to everyone or what you think is nice to everyone you come in contact with, that you're going to get to heaven. Now, if you believe in the concept of um, narrow is the road into heaven and broad is the path of destruction, and I actually believe that came from the King James, not the Dewey Reims um, Bible, um, it doesn't matter. But those of you who are Protestant have probably, well, actually, those of you who are Catholic have probably heard it. If you believe in that concept, 
you automatically know that's a false concept because Jesus has his own set of standards. What we, on our natural level, consider consider to be, you know, nice is, is not what he considers to be um, right and correct. So if you're laboring under delusion, oh, if I'm just a nice guy, I'm getting into heaven. You know, and this is one of the, the heresies of the Vatican II sect is you've got a, a quote-unquote pope right now who's basically preaching this. No, it doesn't matter. You could be any religion, still get to heaven. Or, you know, if, if you're a nice person and you, you work at the local soup kitchen, you're getting to heaven. You know, this is this is heresy, and it's a deadly heresy because a lot of people are buying into this garbage. I would advise, humbly, humbly advise, that you, if you're under this delusion to 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 change your outlook and <clears throat> to research true Christianity, um, better. And, and try to get to know God better. Because once you start trying to get to understand God better, everything will fall into place and you'll understand. Okay. Um, this is another one of my spiritual principles. Um. Treat others as you want to be treated and be as honest as you can. Now, like I said, your mileage may vary. You know, you're a different person. But even before I, I tried to follow Jesus, I tried to live under the concept. And it's weird because before I became a, a uh, before I tried to be a follower of Jesus, um, I when I was younger, I had read the Old Testament, but I basically avoided the New. And I don't know, you know, I think I was in my 20s when I came to this idea. But I'd never read the New Testament. And quite frankly, if you told me back then that, you know, Jesus has said this, I'd be, really? He did? Um, cause it, you know, it just seems like natural reason or common sense that, you know, treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, and if you're doing this with, uh, uh, ignorance of Jesus, once again, I'm going back to if you're doing it out of ignorance, treating others as you want to be treated, you don't have a full understanding. And I'm just going to flat out tell you, because I did it as a non-believer. I did that. And you do not have a full understanding. You just don't. And it goes back to the previous principle I stated earlier. Without a relationship and putting God first, you're not going to completely understand the concept. And furthermore, you're not only going to not understand the concept, but you're going to do it imperfectly.
It's just the way it is. There's going to be some hypocrisy there. You know, God, God kind of, God has a way of, of helping us to lose our hypocrisy. And as far as the honesty goes, you gotta, you, 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 like I said, your mileage may vary, you know, because we're all individuals, but, um, now I realize, you know, not everyone's going to take my attitude, but you got to try to be as honest as you can be. And, um, You you do have to use your common sense. Um, let's just say something goes down and go, uh, government agents are at your door, and let's just say your your loved ones are not at home at the time, and the government agents are saying, "Hey, we're arresting you, and we're arresting your family. Where are they?" Obviously, you're not going to blurt out, oh, well, you know, there's such and such. Use your, use your common sense, you know, in that regard. Um, now, in my life, I try to follow this, and I, I find now that I'm a little older, it becomes easier, and it, I'm not gonna lie too. Um, I I did not realize that this was a true Catholic principle at the time, but I've I've learned in my research that this is actually true Catholic principle. Is speak little and listen much, and I, I'm some of you probably have already heard that. Um. Basically, what it means is when somebody's telling you about themselves or they're talking to you, listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. And, you know, um, I can't speak for any of you. Um, I, it, when I was younger, I was always, you know, somebody be talking to me and I'd want to interject you know, to let them know, oh, yeah, I understand, I understand. Well, in today, in, in present time right now, most people are going to get impatient with you if you interrupt them. And even though your intent may be good, you know, you're trying to show them you're empathetic, they're, they're not going to be patient with that and they're going to get annoyed. So just try to say as little as possible and listen to what they're saying. And then if they give you the opening to speak, yeah, then speak. Um, and another thing, too, is it's a Catholic principle that you have to guard what you say. You have to guard what you say. Um, and you do. Um, in all aspects of verbal communication, you have to guard what you say. What I've been finding out, the more I've been trying to follow um, Jesus more closely, is that um, you can't get in trouble if you don't say anything. You can't get in trouble. Nobody can hold it against you. Um, if you're 
if you're cautious about telling people all about yourself and you're wide open and, you know, telling them everything, well, in, in my experience, that can be used to, to be thrown in your face at a later time. Whether it's deserved or undeserved, doesn't matter. It generally gets thrown in your face when somebody wants to try to dig at you. So, um, all you need to remember on this particular principle is you can't get in trouble if, if you're quiet. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get in trouble. So, all right. Ask for humility if you're a Christian. Ask for humility. Jesus said in one of his Gospels, a humble and contrite heart, I will not refuse. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But ask for humility, true humility, godly humility. Because as I said in a previous podcast, before I started following Jesus, I thought I was a, a humble guy. And it turned out in God's eyes, no, I, I had a lot of pride and stuff. And <clears throat> I think that that um, you, did, you know, and re your results may vary, but you'll find that is true too if you if you seriously decide to start following Jesus in spirit and truth. Um. And part of that, too, is, well, I think I'm covering this later, so just go with that for right now. Um, ask for charity. And by the way, the, the concepts of humility and charity, I'm, I intend on doing episodes on these concepts and going a little more in depth about those. Um, but for right now, this is the introduction, and I know it's been a marathon, but I'm just, I'm, I'm going through the principles, and I'm not doing a deep dive into the concepts. Um, but what charity, basically, what charity boils down to is, um, charity is love. And if you truly love God, and you, you're self-aware you're going to know that God has given you a lot of blessings and a lot of uh, graces in your life. And you didn't earn them. You didn't earn them. And quite frankly, no human being, unless they're a saint, and I will get into the con uh, concept of being a saint, but unless you're a saint, um, that you realize that, you know, you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve his love. You know, uh, if you're brutally honest with yourself, you're going to understand that you did some pretty vile and degenerate stuff in your life, in God's eyes. You know, maybe superficially, you know, everything's cool. You know, maybe, maybe on the uh, appearance sake, everything's cool. You know, um... Let's let's just say that you watch S and M porn, and you're, um, but you you volunteer at the local soup kitchen 
you know, now people, and unless unless you're unwise enough to to announce to the general world, you know, the stuff that you do in private to the general world. Oh, yeah, that's Joe over there. Yeah, he he volunteers for the local soup kitchen. He's a great guy, you know. But if if you're if you're well, first of all, porn porn is a sin to begin with, and you know, depending on the type of porn you're consuming, it makes it even worse. So, but if you're if you're brutally honest with yourself, you're gonna understand. You're gonna understand instinctively that you don't, you know, that you know nothing you do merits God's love. But yet, and this is if you if you're getting closer to God, you're gonna understand that. God loves you enough to give you the chance at salvation. Okay? And by the way, this is this is an open invitation to all of mankind. And because we have free will, you're free to reject it or choose it at your at your bidding. Um I'm sorry, I got a little long-winded. Basically, so if you have the realization that God loves you when you don't deserve it, all's charity means is is you could have a guy or a female that you work with that you absolutely cannot stand they're rude they 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 treat you like garbage they look down their noses at you they insult you i mean you know whatever whatever they're doing that that is putting that is making them your enemy if if they're doing this, if you have, you know, if you're trying to work on charity, um, you're going to realize, well, if God can love me in my fallen state, um, it, you know, because it, it says in the Gospels and in the epistles, the epistles are just the writings of the uh, apostles, that... Um, if if God can forgive you, you have to forgive your enemy. That's the bottom line. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you have to have beers with your enemy. You don't have to. Um, that's not required. But what you can do is, you know, if, if somebody's calling you everything but a child of God, just be quiet and let them say whatever they're saying. And just, you know, if you have future dealings with them, just, um, you know, don't, don't return the favor, you know. And this is something that was very difficult for me to, to, to understand and to learn. You don't have to return their insults. But what God expects you, you know, be as pleasant as you possibly can be. And like I said, you don't you don't have to hang out with these people on the weekends. But be as pleasant as you possibly can be. And at the same time, pray for their temporal, which means worldly, and their spiritual well-being. You know, uh, when I say temporal, pray that um, if you're Catholic, ask Mother Mary for their for their temporal needs and basically their worldly needs are you know their health their uh their 
their financial situation, um, you know, the, 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 the stuff that, you know, they need while they're down here. And as far as their spiritual needs go, pray that they get spiritually protected and pray that um, they'll be converted. So, there's that. By the measure you judge, you'll be judged by God. And unfortunately, this concept is very, very dead. Or at least in, in, in the present society, people don't understand the concept that um, if, if you are returning the insults and the mistreatment that you're receiving from your enemies, if you return it to that person, or let's just say it's not even that blatant, if you're on a message board and you're calling people a midwit, which is pretty arrogant, like you're so much smarter than the person you're interacting with. And what makes it worse is you don't know that person. You don't under you don't know that person personally, so you don't actually know how smart they are. But if you're <clears throat> if you're on the internet. <clears throat> And you're calling people degenerates or midwits and, you, you know, you're basically making judgment calls without knowing them personally. You're going to, you know, when you die and you go for your judgment, you're going to be judged by Jesus the same way you judge those people. And here's the thing. This is the concept of uh, those of you who are Christians have probably heard this. They call Jesus the just judge. Because he is. He knows everything about you. Everything. And when you do stuff purposely that you know that he doesn't like, <laughs> he's going to judge you on that. But they call him the just judge because he knows you personally, whether you know it or not. He knows everything about you. So, um, like I said... When um, he's going to judge you by the same measure you judged others. Um, and that that's, I kind of got into the, the concept that Jesus knows everything about you. And what, you know, if you're following Jesus's rules because you love him and you want to serve him better. If you're doing that, then part of humility is understanding. Like I said, there's the internet, there's the co-worker, there's also the random dude in the street. Or if you're in service work, the random customer. If they get all stupid with you and stuff, you don't know the context, you don't know them personally. So you don't even know why they're behaving the way they are. And if you're trying to follow Jesus perfectly, then you're going to realize, well, I can't. Yes, they, they really, they really annoyed me. They really angered me. 
but I don't, I don't know them personally. So it's probably best I don't take what they said to heart. They're just some rando I bumped into. They're just some random rando I bumped into. So it's not my place to to insult them back or, you know, to to judge their person. Um it's it's not it's not your place. Self-righteousness is, I've, I've been noticing this, this particular trend. Human beings, as a general rule, tend to be self-righteous to begin with. But I've noticed uh, it's gotten the, 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 the societal attitudes of self-righteousness has gotten worse, especially over the past five or six years. I mean, if, like I said, just <laughs> you can watch YouTube videos or li uh, probably listen to other podcasts. You're going to notice I use YouTube videos a lot. And I ain't going to lie. My main, um, when I was consuming content, it was through YouTube. Um, that was my preference. Now, I've, I've gone to other podcast sites and consumed their content. But... Um, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, but yeah, YouTube was my go-to. Like I said, I've been on other podcast sites, but YouTube was my go-to and preference. Um, and by the way, when I say self-righteousness, I'm not talking just about society in general, whether, you know, you're an atheist agnostic or, um, Protestant or a Vatican II follower. I'm also referring to the true Catholics or set of a contest. One of the issues that I had, uh, I think I covered this briefly in one of the previous episodes. Um, at around 2018, I became aware of set of a contest. Now, to refresh your memory, at the time, I was a half-heathen. I knew that the Catholic Church was the correct church, but at the same time, I was living like a heathen. I wasn't living for God. So, you know, me being me, I was just being myself, which wasn't my best self. And there were, um, while I'm doing this, I'm interacting with set of a contest because uh, on Twitter... You know, um, your results may vary, but on Twitter, I noticed that there, there, there are subcultures within Twitter. You got the set of a contest Twitter. You got the black Twitter. You got the neocon Twitter. You got the uh, based and red pill Twitter. You got the progressive Twitter. You get what I'm saying. But I noticed not all of them. Uh, by the way, the, the to the people out there who the set of concepts I'm talking about, who were patient with me, answered my stupid questions, and, and treated me like a human being, 
I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for your behavior because a lot of the people that I was interacting with, and I'm talking about set of a contest in general, um, were very self-righteous. I had a lady unfollow me on Twitter and, and she wouldn't even give me a reason why, but what I suspect was, was because um, she didn't know she did you know, she probably didn't follow my feed or anything um, closely. So she didn't know my context of where I was coming from. And she probably, you know, I'm rightfully so. Yes, I, I you know, I, I was a degenerate sinner, but I was trying to move past that. But in her own mind, and there have, I've heard set of a contest priests make this argument. Well, somebody's a sinner, don't hang out with them, you know, cut them off, da 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 da. Now, as a general principle, that is correct. If the, if, 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 if you run, if, if you're, if you're a true Catholic and you run into people who aren't interested in reforming their life, yeah, you, you shouldn't be having beers and barbecues with them. But at the same time, and this goes back to common sense, if the person has indicated that they are willing to reform their life, and this goes back to listening and, you know, uh, uh, watching, if, if, they're, if they're giving indicators that they're truly interested, um, as a matter of charity, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to understand spiritually and by the way, there is such a thing as spiritual maturity. It is a real thing. And uh, the principle applies for people um, that are, um, you know, even if they don't believe in God or, you know, it's an abstract concept. Um, basically, you're, if, if you're wise and if you're wise, you're not going to be the same guy at 40 that you were at 20 and you're not going to be the same guy at 20 that you were at 15. So, you know, and basically maturity in the secular sense, all it is is experience. If you're not learning from your experiences and you're not putting it into practice, in my humble estimation, you're not wise. You're not wise at all. You know, but anyway... But in, in, <clears throat> in the spiritual realm, it's the same thing. Um, I can honestly say at this moment, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I wasn't the same person a year ago as I was five or six years previously. You know, ma maturity experience is the key. And, you know, I find that if you're trying to follow God, um, sincerely, that you're not going to be satisfied. You know, you're, you're always going to find things that you need to work on. And you should always be striving to getting better. But anyway, as far as the self-righteousness goes, um, you know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're looking down your nose 
at somebody because they quote unquote do stuff that you that you find abhorrent. Well, that goes back to humility. You don't know them personally. You don't know what they've been through. Now I'll use the example of some homeless dude. Um, if you live in a larger city, uh, you're going to b- run into homeless on the street. You know, obviously, if you live in a town of 1,300, no, that's not going to happen. But I would say any town above 100,000. Well, actually, I've I've lived in towns of 30,000 that have homeless. But if you run into them on the street. And your first thought is, oh, he's probably a degenerate scumbag who who loved uh, who loved meth or crack more than he did working. Um, that's that's self righteousness because you don't know that dude. You don't know that dude. You don't know what he's been through or her, if it's a female. You don't know what they've been through. You know, they could have been sexually abused as kids. They could have they they could have uh, been abused by their parents, uh, and it doesn't have to be a sexual way. There are physical and mental abuse and neglect. You just don't know. So, what gives you the right to make a judgment call on somebody you don't know? If you're truly humble, you're going to realize that. If you're truly humble, you're going to realize you don't have a leg to stand on. You know. Um, and, and by the way, this principle applies for the people that are trying to get right with God, but it also applies to those of you who don't believe in God or, you know, whatever, whatever ideas you have about it, you know, you don't know that person personally, what gives you the right to judge them, you know? But it is an issue in today's society. It really is. It is a genuine issue. And um, personally, um, I try to avoid self-righteousness like a vampire avoids sunlight. And when I see it in other people, it really turns me off. Uh, In charity, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But... I'm not going to lie about this aspect. Um, Personally, it really bugs me when I see it in others. So, um, there's that. People are watching you, whether you know it or not. Um, (laughs) And actually... Um, that that concept has been proven to me recently. I'm not going to get into the story, but it was proven to me recently. And you got to remember, you got to remember. Now, obviously, if you're observant, you're going to be watching other people too. But even if you're not observant and watching other people, the the, 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 the principle is the same. You know, you're being watched. So, you know, wherever you go, be the best example you can be. Um, I covered this concept on my original first episode that got deleted. Um, 
when I when I joined the army and I was stationed in Western Europe, they take you for what is known as a briefing. Be before they even send you to where you're going, they give you a briefing and, you know, the briefing takes a while because, you know, they're covering stuff that you should know. But one of the first things they told us was, you are a representative of the U United States of America. Watch yourself, watch how you act, watch how you treat other people. So, um, you know, when, when, when you're out and about, and by the way, once again, this, this isn't just, this isn't just for, um, you know, people trying to get right with God. This, this is a general principle that works even if you don't. You're being watched. You know, you want to try to make the best impression you can. Now, people are people. They're going to do what they do. But um, you can't control. That's another thing, too. You can't control how other people react to you. But you can control how you act. So set... Uh, uh, set the best example you can and, um, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But, you know, if you're acting like a moron, you know, in public and you get treated like a moron, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when, you know, pe random people start treating you like an idiot. All right, guys, this is the end of volume four. Um, uh, I'm going to be doing volume five real soon. Um, thank you for listening. God bless you. And for those of you who, uh, for whatever reason, are not of the true Catholic faith, I pray that you will, uh, that you will be converted to it. Have a good day, guys. Thank you.